listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. So welcome once again to another episode of Woman of Strength. And as always, you'll always hear me say this at the beginning of any interview. I'm so fortunate to interview phenomenal women. And today my guest is no exception. Today my guest is Victoria McCuey. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. And it's wonderful to have you. Now, as usual, I'm going to read you a little bit um, about Victoria before we actually go in and uh, ask Victoria how she became a a woman of strength. And Victoria has got an amazing story. And so just bear with me. I'm going to read it. um, So I won't be looking directly at the camera. So this is Victoria's story. And just to let you know that Victoria is a divorce coach and when you hear a story you'll understand why and so this is a story so Victoria says that she was walking away from an argument with her husband when he came from behind and choked her for years his abuse had been emotional psychological and even financial but this was the first time he had turned physical and he did it in front of their three young sons And there was no question that Victoria had to divorce him, not only for herself, but for her three, for her children. And she couldn't let them think that they could one day treat their own wives this way without paying a very high price. And she needed to break the cycle. She thought her case would be open and shut, but she was wrong. It took six years for the divorce to be final, six long, brutal, excruciating years of lawyers, courtrooms, forensic psychologists, custody battles, kidnappings, expert witnesses, relocations, financial crises, property sales, child support enforcement proceedings, and a literary of horrific issues. Perhaps it was in her background as a writer that led her to all of the research that she did. She'd been an advertising writer ever since graduating from University of Virginia. And at that point, she had 20 years of experience researching products and writing ads for them. She used that expertise to research her own divorce case. She wanted to understand everything that she could about her husband's personality disorder, about divorce in general and its effects on children, about co-parenting and about the laws surrounding divorce. And because she had done all of this research to save time and money, She convinced her lawyers to allow her to draft her own court papers. And by this was, sorry, but this was the only the beginning of her journey. And she soon realized that the stress and overwhelm caused by these protracted proceedings were taking a physical toll on her. She was losing weight, not sleeping, not exercising and, and eating poorly. And she was not able to enjoy her children the way she used to, the way that they deserved. And she didn't have the patience she once had. In a word, she felt no joy. 
And I'm going to, and there's lots more to Victoria's story, but I'm actually going to let Victoria tell you the rest. And so my question is always to all my amazing guests is how did your, or where did your journey of becoming a woman of strength start, Victoria? Was it before all of this or during this process? There was a turning point when I came to terms with the fact that I had to stop the abuse that was going on in my home. It was before it became physical. Um, it was, I, I was totally controlled and it didn't happen overnight. You know, these things evolve over time. And there's a long story about how it seemed so innocent at first. And I wasn't working when I was having three babies in three and a half years. So it made sense that he controlled all of the finances. But even after I started working again, um, he wanted to control all the money. And it seemed harmless. He had been doing it. So it evolved that way. But then it came to the point where I wasn't allowed to know anything about the finances. Every check that I earned went straight into his account. I wasn't given any kind of allowance or even my own money to spend. So I would have to practically beg for money for food and diapers for the kids. You know, he decided what would be spent and what, what, which bills would be paid. And there came a time when I found out he had allowed our health insurance to lapse. And it wasn't until I filed a claim and it came back that it had been canceled. So that's when I confronted him and he said, well, that just was, it didn't make sense. And he decided it would be, it was something that we could live without. And I decided that it wasn't something I could live without. I had three small children. And uh, that was when I started trying to take back some control of the money so I could make some decisions. And I had been so beaten down over the years emotionally to think that I wasn't capable, that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't a good enough mother or good enough with money or whatever the emotional abuse had been, that I was actually afraid of the repercussions that would surface when I literally had to steal my own check out of the mail before he could find it and go open an account. So that was when that was my turning point when I took action because it had been, it was almost like living in a torture chamber mm. where you had to do everything exactly the way he wanted it or there was a price to pay. So it evolved from there, getting control of the money, trying to, to take back my life, trying to um, stop the cycle. And the more I, the more control I got or the stronger I became, the more abusive he would become. So it was this dance we were doing and nobody was going to win. <laughs> and I always say it had to turn physical. There was nowhere else for it to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so during that time, because obviously it takes a lot of strength to stand up to someone who's being psychologically abusive because, like you said, you know, you are feeling not enough in so many different areas of your life. So what was it about you that made, you know, that decision? So, you know, I can tell you the moment. I can okay. tell you the exact moment. Um, we had one car. We had two cars. One had been repossessed because he failed to make payments. And there was money, but he 
chose not to make that payment for some reason over an extended time. And again, I had no access to money or knowledge of the bills and as hard as I fought to try to, I couldn't. So we were down to one car, which he took every day, although it was my money that was paying for the car and for the insurance and for the gas in the car and all the maintenance on the car, but he took it. And if I needed it, if I needed a car, he would tell me I should call a taxi or rent a car or do whatever I needed to do to take children where they needed to be. So this one morning, I went to the post office box to get our mail in town, which was a walk, and I was I had just turned 40. So I'm walking back from the post office, arms laden with our daily mail, which was huge stacks of delinquency notices and and summonses and letters from attorneys and from the, the IRS and you know all of these bills. And even though I was making a lot of money, he claimed to be making a lot of money, I didn't know how to stop this from happening. Um, and it started raining. So I didn't have a car that I owned. <laughs> I was walking half a mile to go get our mail because we couldn't have it delivered because he wouldn't allow us to have a number on our house because it would make it too easy for the process servers to find him. So we had to have, we had to go get our mail with them at the post office. So I'm walking in the rain, arms full of bills and late notices and summonses. And I was making more money than I ever thought I would make. And I had just turned 40 and I just started crying. And I thought, what has happened to my life? How did I get here? Mm -hmm. I was a top student, always very driven, very ambitious, always did everything right. And I was in this horrible situation where I was completely controlled by someone. It was so humiliating. It was so embarrassing that it had evolved into this. I was embarrassed to tell my closest friends or even my family that I had let this happen because I felt that it was my fault that I let this situation get to where it was. So that was the moment, <laughs> the rainy walk home. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that you say, you know, you felt it was your fault. What, what was it that was telling you that it was your fault, that you'd allowed this because situation that, to happen? I, that was who I was then. I, I had the big shoulders. I took responsibility for everything. I thought I was strong enough to handle anything and I should have been able to change him or change the course of our relationship or not have allowed it to happen. But the way it happened, you and I were talking before the recording yeah. that the, the reason it happened was because we are too strong. Sometimes we allow people to get away with things they really should be allowed to get away with because we think it's better for the children or it's better for the relationship or it's it's better for somebody else and it's not what's better for us but we think we can handle it bring it on I can fix it I can deal with it I can do anything yeah. um, and we're our own worst enemies when we do that yeah that that's so true because like you said you know we, we would we were talking off air around what brings that into our lives because, you know, I was saying to you, I've just been out of a marriage. My husband walked out 13 weeks ago. And, and again, we have to look at 
what's all that about? And I think it is that we are incredibly strong. We're capable of asking for what we want. We don't necessarily show that vulnerable side. We allow those behaviours to continue because we think, oh, I can deal with that. That's okay. You know, it's, it's not a major problem for me. I'm not going to let it in. And then over time, we realise that when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and say to that person, you know, this behaviour is not okay. It's having an impact on me then we, it's a different strength that we grow into, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's a much more powerful strength. Absolutely, yes. And so when you were in this marriage and you made the decision to leave, um, you were, so you talk about, you know, you were, you were working. Were you working in the same line of work that you do now or were you doing something quite different? No, I had been an advertising writer for my entire career. So it wasn't until a year ago, well, I had been coaching people on the side, but it, a year ago I completely changed careers. It was because after what happened to me, the second he um, choked me, and that incident was over, I walked to the phone immediately and called the police. And of course, there was total panic. His, he started crying, begging me not to do it. You know, he said, you're gonna ruin everything. And thank goodness, I didn't let that in. And the police showed up, he was arrested and went to jail. And immediately they said, run to the courthouse and get an order of protection. So I dropped my kids off at school and I did that. And in this county where we were living at that courthouse, there's an office of, um, for the Coalition Against Domestic Violence, the local chapter of that. And as soon as anyone presents with um, a domestic violence issue, they're summoned and they came in and helped me through the paperwork, explained to me what the process was, uh, sat with me when the district attorney wanted to talk to me, went to, with me to court, uh, explained to me that I should run and get custody of my children. Just all the things that they see, unfortunately, almost daily. Yeah. I didn't, you don't know. So they were walking me through this whole process and holding my hand and really being so supportive and helpful. So as soon as I was able, I wanted to give back to this agency. So the first thing I did was go on a circuit with them. I spoke in front of a lot of groups because they thought I would be a poster child for it. This can happen to you too. You know, I'm not the, what you think the typical domestic violence person would be. You know, I went to good schools and was well-educated and came from a good family, you know, that this happens um, to your sister and your neighbor and, mm -hmm. Anyone. So um, I spoke in front of a lot of groups and explained the story and how it evolved and how I got out. And uh, then after a while, I wanted to do more. So I did extensive training with them to become a hospital advocate. And that's the person who's on call. When a person who is a victim of domestic violence presents at the hospital, the hospital calls the advocate on call. So I would show up when someone had been beaten or whatever type of abuse it was, um, to counsel them and to tell them what their options were and to support them in their decision and give them as much information as I could, uh, help them talk to the police and detectives and 
walk them through that. So I was spending Monday through Friday at a very, very grueling job in New York City, commuting far away, and then spending most of my weekend time in hospitals all night long. Um, so something had to give. And I decided it was time to follow my passion and really dedicate myself to helping women who are in situations like this or to any kind of divorce and give them the strength and guidance, encouragement and information that they need. Um, show them how I was able to figure out how to save a lot of money on my legal fees by doing a lot of the work myself or gathering the work ahead of time. Um, I learned so much about co-parenting. So I help women understand the best, I call it high road parenting, where they're putting their children first, but when you're divorcing someone who has uh, narcissistic tendencies, mm -hmm. a lot of times they're not putting the children first and you become just uh, you know, a speed bump. They're rolling all over you because they take advantage of the fact that you don't want to hurt your children. So there are a lot of ways around that, but it's, it's great to have somebody who's been there done it wrong and figured out how to do it right in the end to guide you. Yeah. And it sounds amazing. So you call yourself, is it divorce coach? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're a divorce coach and I'm a coach too, but I'm also a therapist. Now if people, cause sometimes people don't understand the difference between a coach and a therapist. So how, how would you describe it? What's the difference? Well, I tell people that a therapist um, will We'll talk about, not solely, but focuses on your patterns and how you developed the traits that put you in the situations that you find yourself in. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, and, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and to maybe change those patterns if they're bringing you to the same place that you don't want to be. Um, so it's identifying the, the tendencies you have, the patterns you have, and what brought you to that place. And I always say, I'm never going to look back at how you got here. I'm just solely focused on getting you through it. I'm only looking ahead for you. I don't know how you got here. I can guess. It was probably like me, but we're not going to spend our energy on that. And if you want to, if you want to investigate that, that really would be a great job for a therapist, but I'm going to give you a clear vision of what your ideal outcome looks like, what's possible for you, and then give you step-by-step -step actions to take to get you there. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing because we can spend years, decades even, looking back on things and saying, where do we go well, you know, where did we go wrong? But what we're doing is sacrificing our future, isn't it? Because we can't change the past. And so I think it's great, you know, the way that you define the difference between, you know, therapy and, and coaching is that coaching is very much forward focused. This is right. where I want to be. This is the ideal life that I want. And we also know that there's going to be obstacles along the way. And um, so do you support women, you know, through those obstacles? Absolutely. Um, we, hopefully if she comes to, I, let me just say, I like to tell women that the first thing they should do is hire a divorce coach before they hire an attorney. Yeah. If you think that your marriage is on the rocks or you think that that's something you're headed toward, find out who, investigate divorce coaches and find out who you're going to hire. 
because a once you hire an attorney you're you're out it's out of your control you you're not no longer in the driver's seat the, the attorney has a retainer check and he's going to go 100 miles an hour in a direction and you become a passenger on that train so if you can stay in control as long as possible wherein with a coach you can i I can at least, I hope most coaches can, explain to you exactly what the lawyer is going to need from you before you meet with him. So you can gather all the information, have everything at your fingertips, save thousands of dollars mm -hmm. with him, his staff not having to get all that information from you. You're, you come prepared. And also, your divorce coach can help you figure out how to interview attorneys, what, you're, what you should be looking for, what a good fit is for you, maybe even make recommendations for you, and then help you figure out after you've interviewed three or four, who's the best fit for you. So you have guidance even before you hire the attorney. That's a big commitment. Yes. Signing on with an, an, a divorce attorney. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, I don't, you don't want to do it in a vacuum. And your friends don't know, your family is too biased to really be objective. It's hard to get a good advice from the people you're close to. You need somebody who's really subjective. I'm sorry, objective. Objective. Who can, yes, who can tell it like it is to you. Like, this is a good fit for your personality or for your situation. Or you want somebody more like this, whatever. Yeah. And so do you, so you're, you're in the States. Do you work with women just in the States or do you no. work internationally? Yeah. No. Isn't it wonderful? Skype. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You can work with anyone, anywhere. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic because I'm not a lawyer. I don't give advice. I can't give legal advice. No. So it, I'm not, I don't have to be an expert at your, your particular legal system or your laws I'm helping you make the decisions that come up along the way yeah yeah and, it, and it's about the process isn't it because when you're making a decision to leave a marriage or you've already left a marriage there's all this emotional turmoil that's going on and you can't always think straight and so having having a divorce coach is helping you focus no. focus on what needs to happen next and can give you sort of step-by-step -step plan or instructions of what to do. Yes. So, and that brings and the, calmness to the situation. Well, the first thing I try to help people with is get their, their stamina back. You know how it is. You, yeah. you just feel like you've been hit by a truck and it's hard to get out of bed. It, you have to go through that period where you're, you're so depressed and, overwhelmed and all these new decisions have to be made every day and it just seems so so big and so scary so the first thing you need to do is get in tip-top shape because you're running a marathon it takes a long time whether the lawyer tells you that or not it's going to take longer than you think and yeah. you need to get healthy you need to be eating right and sleeping well and exercising and you know not over drinking and meditating and really taking care of yourself because you've got a long road ahead of you. Yeah. So it sounds like with, with your um, programs that you do, you know, you do take that holistic approach that you look at all aspects of, 
a person because like you said it's it's so important to to keep all that in balance because if we don't um, it's very hard for us to remain strong and, and focus if we're not eating or sleeping or we're over drinking or stressing on things that don't actually need to be stressed about well i mean i get it that's exactly what yeah. you want to do you want to eat junk food and drink wine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what maybe you can once in a while but you you really have to put that away and and get healthy and take care of yourself and I tell people, I love to tell people to try to get up before they have to, you know, before they have to be at work or take care of their kids or because once all once the kids are up or need to go to school or you have to be at work, the train's left the station. There's no time for you. Yeah. So if you can just keep, train yourself to get up that hour earlier, it makes all the difference and you have a great new perspective on your day. You get to do some meditating or make a smoothie or you do something good for yourself and just changes your whole mindset about I'm taking care of me. This is my time. Yeah. And that is, is vitally important. You know, like you said, because you set your day up, we, we're all responsible for our own day. And if we do take that time, it's about valuing who we are, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But if you're a victim, like I was, you've been programmed not to value yourself. Yeah. So it's a big shift to get there and I like to meet women exactly where they are I am not judging you because you're staying in bed 12 hours a day you know I'm I was there I get it I know I was head under the covers and my friend coming trying to pull me out of bed and I remember saying just leave me alone yeah and, and a, a, the other thing I think that sometimes um, people don't realize is that you're going through a grieving process too. And so grief it does have a process and it's not the same for everyone. It doesn't follow in, in, in a logical order. You know, sometimes there may there be a feeling of loss no. and then the anger, frustration, elation, right. relief. It's, it all comes at all different times. So yeah it exactly yeah and it is a death it's the death of a, a dream you had you thought yeah. that you were spending the rest of your life in this marriage and you had visions of grandchildren or moving to a certain place whatever your your mm. future held you have to let go of all of that it's a major shift yeah. in your life and yeah. you have to grieve the death of that idea you had that you thought was going to happen and it's a wonderful, if you can change your psychology to see it as a wonderful new opportunity to be the person maybe you wished you had, you know, that fork in the road you didn't take, mm. you know, maybe, you know, it just changes the, the trajectory of your life for the better. But it takes a long time to get there. It doesn't yeah. have that, you can't change your, your thinking that fast. It takes time. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Because I think for me, even though it's only been a short space of time since my husband walked out on our marriage, because I've been doing this work around personal development, you know, meditation, mindfulness practice, everything like that, I've been doing it for such a long time that for me, the grieving process seemed um, short. I mean, it's, it, I know it's not over, but I was able to focus after four weeks, I was able to focus, look at, the, look at the joy, look at the learning, look at the excitement um, around it all. And 
people would go, you know, how can you do that? How can you be feel so powerful? And just think about because you're a professional. You oh, know this, yeah, and right? Okay. Just, just think. Yeah. You're, you know this yeah. inside out. You teach yeah. other people how to do this, and it still took you four weeks. Yeah, to, yeah. To to do what you know how to do. So, can you imagine if somebody really hasn't had a chance or a reason to practice any of this, and they're totally novices at all of this, this self improvement, yeah. and it takes a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I see the absolute value in what you do. And, and, you know, I would encourage any woman, like you said, that's going through or thinking about leaving a marriage um, or, you know, has left a marriage and is just feeling stuck to engage in a divorce coach because it is invaluable because we don't, if this is our career, personal development, we have the tools and resources. It doesn't mean to say that we do it any better than anyone else. It's just that our understanding. <laughs> we come to an understanding. Um, so how, how do women get in touch with you, Victoria? Uh, they can visit my website, which is divorcecourseforwomen.com. Um, they can sign up for my emails. Uh, also on that site, they can download a free gift, which outlines my whole five module teaching um, and they can also sign up for a free strategy session um, it's the only way to work with me one-on-one -on -one is to sign up for a free phone call so that we can explore where you are and see if, if you're in a place where you're ready to get this guidance and to see if we're a good fit so that is how they would sign up for the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, there's also a four-week group coaching session that I can talk to them about on the call. And soon there will be a sort of do-it-yourself, like um, a PDF format that will be a download um, that they can walk through themselves. That's not available yet, but it's coming. Great. Um, and I just, I like to say that, you know, you feel like when you're going through a divorce, you know, you're going to have to pay a lawyer and you're going to have to pay a child psychiatrist, maybe or psychologist and uh, all the other experts who come along with it. And people think, oh, how could I possibly afford one more thing? But the beauty of it is my services are basically free because of the amount of money I'm going to save you mm -hmm. on your legal fees. So much of that is going to be done with me that it's going, your, my fees are actually less than what you would have spent doing what we do in legal fees. So you really can't afford not to hire a bitch. Yes, absolutely. And again, it, it, it's not just about the, the financial and the legal side. It's about valuing you, isn't it? Valuing you as a yes. woman saying that I don't want to be stepping into another one of these relationships. And so, I would imagine working with you, not only taking them through the process, but it's also about valuing you and up-leveling yourself as a person and understanding who you are. So absolutely, you can't put a price on that. Exactly. So one last question I have yes. for you is what would be a key piece of advice that you would give any woman at the moment, either thinking of leaving a relationship or a marriage or 
has just stepped out of one, what would be a key piece of advice that you would give them? I would tell her to draw the trajectory of her life. You know, get a piece of paper and actually, let's see, how do I, <laughs> I'll go this way. So have a starting point where your life is right now and then draw where you want your life to be. And if you stay in your marriage, how do you think you'll get to this point? Is it possible? And if you leave the marriage, where do you think the trajectory will take you? It may dip down at first. Mm -hmm. You may go to a worse spot emotionally, temporarily, but then you'll have that chance to have that jumping off point and change the trajectory so that you can actually get to the place you want to be. But if you stay in the same place, and don't change anything, you can't expect different results. Yeah. If nothing's changing, then the result is going to continue to be the same. So how important is it to you to be in the place where you want to be? And is if the marriage or the person is keeping you from, from being who you want to be, what's it worth to you? Is it worth taking a, a quick dip down to jump off into that place because otherwise nothing will change. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Because we don't take the time to do that stuff, do we? Because we're no. just so caught up in the everyday of, well, what we call living. But I, I think when we're in those situations, we're not living, we're surviving. And so um, just to take time out to do that, that's you know, fantastic advice. Well, divorce is very scary. So it's like, well, if my life will get worse. My life will get worse. It's like, yes, but that's only temporary. Yeah. This is permanent, what you've got right now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so, so much. It's been an amazing interview, as I knew it would be. And you've got an incredible story. And you definitely are a woman of strength. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to angewilcock.com slash enough said.